This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Coming up on Squats and Margaritas. I made people think that this was a very provocative, racy concept. And then once you peel back the layers, you realize that it doesn't have anything to do with sex. I love the shock factor of seeing old people, young people, Christians, Muslims, white people, black people, just like so shocked, like, oh my gosh. like, And they feel so uncomfortable at first. And then they let their guard down. And when you can let somebody's guard down and you can meet people where they are, they'll listen to whatever you're telling them. I sold sex without selling it. Hey, senorita. Really nice to meet ya. Have some tequila and say, First of all, Squats and Margaritas is like the best name for a podcast. Thank you. I was always calculating calories and macros. And when I just calmed the F down, I found my physical ideal. Am I addicted to moderate drinking? You're very subtly admitting powerlessness and unmanageability. And I'm proud yeah. of you. That's beautiful. Did you struggle with actual eating disorders? Anorexia and bulimia. Um, wow. Thank you for saying for me, that, Katie. Correct. Nothing screws up a kid more than having a parent on top of that kid all the time. Kenya Moore. Before I take a shower, I would always step on scale. And I saw my daughter starting to do that. Like, she doesn't know how to even read the numbers, but yeah. she saw me doing it. Actress Melissa Joan Hart. I remember the first time I was told I could be a movie star if I lost weight. 10 pounds when I weighed 103. Pinky Cole. Were you high when you came up with the name? I was very high. <laughs> This is Squats and Margaritas. This week on Squats and Margaritas, it's the slutty vegan herself. And I use that as a term of endearment. Pinky Cole, she's an entrepreneur, the CEO and founder of Slutty Vegan, which started in a shared kitchen space and has grown to a multi-million dollar brand with 13 locations. She's also a soon-to-be mom of three. She is balancing all the things. I have her here today to talk entrepreneurship, building a brand while being a mom. Please do me a favor and hit subscribe wherever you're listening to this episode. And please leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. Here is my episode with Pinky Cole. Hi, Erin. <laughs> I am Hi. here. How are you Absolutely. feeling? Pregnant. I know, right? <laughs> I get it. Okay. <laughs> Still very pregnant, but I am here in the flesh. So I did your intro and I'm like, where do I go? Do we say essence cover time? 100 next list, maybe people mags, 50 food fades of 2023, all which have happened in the last few months. What title do you not have right now? Um, (laughs) There's nothing left. (laughs) You know, listen, it's so funny because this morning I posted my book unboxing of my book, right? So it's coming out. It's called, I hope you fail. And I'm like, damn, I really have done a a lot in a couple of months and I'm seven months pregnant. So like I am tapping into my superwoman energy right now. So to be able to do all of those things and have all these accolades and titles, I don't take it for granted because I know how hard it is for some people to come across these things. And the universe is just aligning with my spirit and my energy and everything is just happening for me. So I'm just in a great space and I feel good. So I don't know what title I ain't got yet. (laughs) You have them all. That's why I'm so happy that you're here. Everything you touch literally turns to gold. And just having you here on this podcast as a fellow mompreneur is huge for me. I want to get into how you balance all of that. Um, Obviously we're both running brands where we have young kids, but I want to start with your story. And I almost like was like, "Ah, people know her story. Like, I just want to get into like all her tips, but the story is so inspiring. So quickly, I want to talk about Pinky growing up under the mindset of like, are entrepreneurs born or do you think you can learn that kind of hustler mentality? Because I know growing up, you say you saw extraordinary people doing ordinary things. And that kind of lit something in you. I believe that there are people in the world who just got it, right? And I grew up in a space where I saw grizzly bears all around me, people who didn't beg, borrow, steal. If they wanted something, they woke up early in the morning to get it. Growing up in a Caribbean household, like everybody was up at 6 a.m., 
right? Like breakfast was being made. You were drinking tea. You were going to work. Um, you were making your own food. You were making sure that the house was clean. So like that repetitiveness of making sure that things had order was embedded into me very early on. So as I got older and obviously, you know, the story behind my, my dad doing 22 years in prison, I knew him to be a hustler. I know him to be an entrepreneur. And obviously he had things in order. It was illegal order, but it was order, right? But he had that hustle. (laughs) He had the hustle in him. So I also adopted that. I adopted the idea that my mother was committed to a company and still is for the last 37 odd years and still be an entrepreneur. So that taught me balance. Like, yeah, if you're going to work for somebody, still have your own thing on the side. So I learned that, right? And then I learned about, honesty and integrity and selflessness from my mother. She helped everybody. Like if you needed somewhere to lay your head, like you were in the living room or on the floor, laying your head free of charge until you got yourself together. So when we talk about entrepreneurship and growing, and if you got it, or if you don't got it, if it's embedded to you, I I feel like there's a healthy balance of like just having that je ne sais quoi. And then also being around environments that cultivate who you will become in the world, which is why it is so important. And I think you and I can both appreciate this to make sure that you are really like soiling the seed of your children when they're young, because they will become a product of your environment. If you're a great mom, if if you are pouring into them, if you're telling them that they're important, that they're going to make it, they're going to be a star, they're going to feel like they can do those things. But if you're belittling them and telling them that they can't make it, they can't do it, then guess what's going to happen? Nine times out of 10, even though they can be great in the world, something subconsciously is going to tell them growing up, I didn't feel like the very best. So I I think there's a healthy balance of it, but I'm glad that I got that balance. And this is how it showed up today. I'm so glad you said that. I, I speak on that, like body image and empowering young girls. It's not just what you say to them and like hyping them up and telling them how beautiful and strong they are. They're watching you. So you model it. You saying everything I touch is gold, like, and you projecting that confidence, your daughter is watching that. And I think moms get that part, right? Like they, they're very um, intentional about what they say to their daughters, but it's like, she's watching you. So if you're like on the scale and you're just kind of like, oh, but, oh, you're so beautiful and you're so strong, but she's looking at you. So you have to model it on top of just saying it. So first off, you started early. Talk about pinky parties in high school. Pinky parties were crazy. Pinky <laughs> parties were like freak Nick back in the 90s. Got <laughs> all the freaks. Um, but I can remember being a teenager, calling recreational centers, acting like an adult, telling mm-hmm. people like, hey, I want to requisition the space. Like how much does it cost? Like doing all the paperwork. Like there was not another 14 to 16 year old doing that. I mean, today, I mean, a 14 to 16 year old is on TikTok. Yeah, yes. they got business <laughs> on TikTok. Um, but like, I was really mature for my age early on, right? Very independent. And I just wanted to be able to have my own. So I would curate these parties. I would get the DJ. I would get the flyers printed. I would, I would pass them out in high school. And I would have between a thousand and four thousand people at any given party. And the cadence, I would have them like sometimes once every week, twice a month, and people would come. And I became the youngest party promoter. And I'm like, this is the life that I need. <laughs> this is what I want because guess what? I love bringing people together. That's one thing that I am learning about myself as I evolve as an entrepreneur. I love to bring people together. It brings me a certain level of joy that I can bring people from different socioeconomic backgrounds together. And I started early on in high school and it really has carried me through today. And now I'm doing the same thing. I'm having a party at Slutty Vegan every single day, bringing people together. Just started early. And then you come out of high school, Clark Atlanta University. You're like, what is it called? The queen of the school? (laughs) Yeah, I was Miss Clark Atlanta University. And I still feel like Miss Clark Atlanta University because I do... I do so much for my institution. I, I represent it so well. I love my school. I would not be who I am today if it wasn't for the level of matriculation that I got going there. And it wasn't about like the books, right? So like I graduated with a 3.2. Okay, so I barely made it. But Look at you now. <laughs> yeah, okay, I made it. I did all that. Um, but it was about the relationships that I was able to build along the way. And you, I mean, Aaron, you and I both know like building relationships 
are worth way more than currency and money in a bank because better relationships give you more money. You build solid, authentic relationships. It will open up doors of opportunities that you could never imagine. Um, and that's what Clark Atlanta University did for me. Yes. You graduate, you move to LA with no plan and a lot of confidence. I moved to LA with a duffel bag, a suitcase and $250 and 30 resumes. Okay. That's how I moved to LA. Um, and, and in six days I got two jobs and, you know, I was talking to one of my girlfriends yesterday and I was working on a TV show mm-hmm. and she was like, Pinky, she said this to me last night. She said, Pinky, I remember $5 a day or you would spend $5 a day. Discipline. Discipline. So I had a certain level of discipline early on and I didn't even know what I was preparing for, but I needed to learn that discipline early because it really has helped me throughout the years. Yeah. I mean, you lived on $5 a day. You decided you were going to run five miles and read a book every day and you did it. And you said discipline breeds, what's the word? Uh, Opportunity. Like you're just, you didn't know why you were living this way, but it's like, look now, like what it was preparing you for. So you end up as a producer on The Maury Show, brings you to New York and you see a restaurant space for lease. You're 28. You've never been in the restaurant industry and you're like, I'm going to buy that. (laughs) And you went to the school of Google to figure out how to run a restaurant. It's the hardest space to get into. It's the hardest space to stay in. And I didn't know what the hell I was doing. And I still don't know what the hell I'm doing. I'm just making (laughs) it look really good and it's working. Um, But I wanted to be able to like challenge myself. A friend of mine was like, hey, it's a restaurant available. You want to open up a restaurant? I'm like, hmm, I've never went to culinary school. I like to eat more than I cook, right? But I know how to cook because I'm Caribbean. Again, if you're Caribbean and you can't cook, we got a problem. (laughs) Um, And I um, opened up that restaurant with little... Well, a little, little to no knowledge, right. Of how to be a formal businesswoman, but Google and YouTube, like really had my back. Right. Mm-hmm. And learning all of this information, I opened up my first restaurant and it was seemingly successful. And here I am. I'm like, wow, like, this is amazing. Like who would have thought that me, the, the queen of the school, the girl who was throwing parties would now be selling jerk chicken and oxtail. Yeah. And obviously, <laughs> Here's a little caveat that you put at the bottom. Like I was vegetarian turning vegan at the time. So I'm telling people like the jerk chicken is good. Like you got to eat it, but I wasn't eating it, but I had a restaurant and people loved it. And I created an experience. And now when I look back, I'm like, wow, like this was, this was really slutty vegan. I was just like, this was the, 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 the precursor for like all of the things to happen. It was, and you're killing it. And then what happened? And then I had a grease fire. Nope. <laughs> it's like you gotta put the doom music here dun, um, dun, dun. <laughs> right I, I had a grease fire i'll never forget it it was 11 o'clock at night i closed the store i lived about mm, three minutes away um from the restaurant got got home settled in with one of my female friends at the time and i got the call from the fire department telling me that my restaurant was on fire and i'm like my restaurant is on fire what the hell so i moved i I drove back to the restaurant and by the time i got there they they had already put the fire out it was a grease fire and i thought that i turned everything off everything should have been off right um and everything was destroyed it was like 90 percent destroyed um ceiling caved in it was water damage everywhere like the equipment um burnt down and everything so i'm like okay cool i have insurance I did have insurance. I didn't have fire insurance. Right. Nobody told me that you had to get fire insurance, but you didn't at the time. Um, So I literally lost everything. So I saw my dream crumble in front of my eyes in real time. So at that moment, it felt like a blur. Like now that I look back at it, like it seemed like it was so long, but it really wasn't long because you and I both know about entrepreneurship. Like as fast as you have it is as fast as you lose it. Like the money in the bank, it will dwindle. Like if you don't have any income coming in, right? Mm -hmm. So the money in the bank dwindled. Like I went broke, right? I lost my knee. My car got repo. Like it just happened so fast. And I'm like, damn, it's like a domino effect so much that I felt like I was falling into a depression. And when that happened, I'm like, okay, I got to figure this out. Like, what are we going to do? And at the same time, I got an opportunity to work as a supervising producer on a TV show for the own network. And I'm like, thank you, God. And I walked away from everything. I walked away from my relationship, cold turkey. I walked away from the business. I walked away from everything. And I gave myself a fresh start because I owe that to myself to start over. And I'm so glad that I did it. And I think some people know that part about your story that the restaurant burned down. 
But like you said, your restaurant burned down, your car got repoed, you got kicked out of your apartment, you're like falling into depression. And then you end up on a show that is about therapy. And you're Crazy. like getting there. It's aligned like everything. I even got to the part. Is this when you're driving for DoorDash and Grubhub to make extra money? So then yeah. talk about alignment. Had you not been doing that, you wouldn't have found out about shared kitchens, which is what you've done your research. Oh, girl. Um, it's <laughs> what gave you the idea of slutty vegan. So it's like it, it, it started in a shared kitchen. Had you not been driving for Grubhub or like everything aligned. And that's why I'm like, some people know the story, but you have to know everything you've been through. People see you now and there were like ups and downs. But do you think if that restaurant didn't burn down, it's like you talk about unfinished business. You're like, that was the first thing that wasn't gold. That yeah. Everything that you did, you touched was gold. And then the restaurant burned down. Do you think that lit a flame to be like this next thing? Like had that not happened, would you have hustled as hard? Well, probably you're pinky, but... <laughs> yeah, but you, you have a point. So my, my philosophy in life is when shit happens, you put policy in place, right? Mm. So when that happened for me, I didn't realize that it was happening for me, yes. right? It needed to happen because otherwise I wouldn't know about processes and procedures. Yeah. I wouldn't know about paying attention to the things that I probably normally wouldn't have paid attention to. I probably would have still been in that restaurant, blood, sweat, and tears, working in the business, not on the business, just sitting there waiting for customers to come. And that wasn't my destiny. God didn't want that for me, right? Mm -hmm. What was for me is to be able to create a vessel for people to reimagine food, but I needed those things. It was like I had to go to school first, right? Mm -hmm. I went to the Harvard of restaurants yeah. in my own restaurant. And and yes, it was a very expensive uh, tuition, but it was the best schooling in real time that I could have ever learned. So for whoever is listening to this, whatever you're going through in this moment, like embrace it as hard as it may seem, because you'll look up one day and say, you know what? This happened so that I could be better. This happened so I can understand what to do differently. And this happened so that I can literally navigate through my life so that I can be a testimony for somebody else. Because I literally, I wrote a caption today, Aaron, um, on my Instagram. And I said, wow, I know what it feels like to be sad, depressed, broke, um, uh, defeated. And I, now because of those things, I know what it feels like to, to feel happy, to yeah. know my worth, yes. right? I needed to go through those things. And I mean, when I'm in it, you don't be like, okay, yes, I'm going through bad things right now. Yes, I need it. You don't embrace it in that way. But mm -hmm. like, if you can really identify that there is a rainbow on the other side of the tunnel, then you'll understand that like things will get so much better. Pinky, my book is called From Pain to Purpose because it's everything that I went through with my body image, bulimia, anorexia, depression. I went through it to be able to come out on the other side and bring the next person out of it and give my life purpose. And the thing that didn't work out for me, that was like my identity and like my big thing was soccer. I played division one college soccer halfway through my career. I quit because I wasn't playing. And I was like, well, this is bullshit. I'm not playing. I'll just quit. And then I realized like how much that was my identity. And that's when everything went to shit. Like depression, mm -hmm. bulimia, all the things. And I feel like that failed. Like for me, that soccer was a fail. Yes. I learned, like, like you said, I have something to compare it to like the hard time, but I feel now as an entrepreneur, because that in my mind failed, this can't like mm -hmm. this won't. And it's like, I am hustling because that didn't work out. This is going to like, it made me want this even more to be more of a success because I didn't see that as a success. So mm -hmm. it kind of drives me that soccer not working out, which was like the worst part of my life is driving me to live in purpose and do what I'm doing now. It was supposed to not work out like exactly. that, like and it, and when you look at it that way, like when you you intentionally look at things that come off as speed bumps and hurdles, like it wasn't supposed to work because if it would have worked, you probably would have been this soccer star. Maybe you probably wouldn't have had kids or yeah. got married or like yeah. your destiny would have been different. But that wasn't your destiny. Your destiny was to be able to speak to women who have similar experiences like you to yeah. speak to mothers, to create a podcast that people love. Like that was your destiny. And I talk about that in my book as well called I Hope You Fail. Like, I hope that soccer career didn't work out, yeah. right? 
And because it didn't work out, now you are a rock star podcaster, an entrepreneur <laughs> with a kick-ass book, and you are going to great depths in your life because because you don't want to lose and you will not lose. And you're confident yeah. about that. Yeah. That, somebody, that's that's a message for somebody. It is. You don't see it when you're in it, but it's like in hindsight, you're like, oh my God, that all aligned so I could do this. Yes. It all aligned for you for what you're doing now. Let's talk about Slutty Vegan. More squats and margaritas in a moment. Now this. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Now back to squats and margaritas. Were you high when you came up with the name? I was very high. <laughs> I was like, I think I heard somewhere that Listen, you don't smoke, but you were high when you thought of that. I don't smoke, but I hit that blunt. Okay. And look at where we are now. And look at where we are now. I should be like the poster girl for like weed. It's not bad. Um, <laughs> um, Amazing. Listen, I, I, w- I was in my two bedroom apartment and the person that I was with at the time, I'm like, let me hit that. And, you know, I'm a, I'm a dreamer anyway. So I'm a thinker. Like I'm very analytical. Like I'm always thinking of, of a new idea of how to be better, opening up my consciousness. So I would have probably did that anyway, but the strain just made it all better. Um, <laughs> and slutty vegan just hit me like a light bulb. And I'm like, when you think about veganism, nothing about veganism sounds slutty, right? It's nope. very green. It's very healthy, right? It's very like, it's a, it's a wealthy lifestyle. Like if you can afford it, right? It's one of those mm-hmm. things. But I'm like, if I add a little dirt to veganism, <laughs> then maybe people will pay attention in a different way. And at this time I was vegan. I haven't eaten meat since 2007, right? So like I, I was that girl before it was cool, right? So like when I told people that I didn't eat meat back in the day, they thought that I was weird. Now it's cool, right? And <laughs> I'm like, neither, I've, I've been doing this. So like, I'm the one that's looking on the back of the label of everything and like teaching people veganism. So Slutty Vegan was just right in line. But can I just ask before we get into Slutty Vegan, why 2007? I know you grew up, your mom was vegetarian. So you were kind of, you're vegetarian. Why go straight vegan? In two, did something happen? Like what prompted that? So there was a phase. So 2007, I actually decided to go fully pescatarian and I only ate fish. Mm -hmm. Right. And then seven, six years after that is when I completely went vegan. And all I did was take out cheese and fish. Right. So because I didn't eat anything else. So I just eliminated cheese and fish. So I have literally been living a more health conscious lifestyle for a very, very long time. This is all I know. Like I can never see myself eating chicken, beef, pork. Like I've never eaten pork in my life. Like this is who I am. And I grew up this way. Um, So to be able, this is when, let me tell you something about purpose. Mm -hmm. I know that I'm walking in my purpose because I did this for free. This is who I am for free without making any money. Right. So now I get to teach people the things that I love. I, as a true, I'm like the true bluest vegan you're going to ever meet in your life. Like I know how to make vegan food taste good. I know what tastes good as a vegan because I have made everything that you can think of. So like, you can't tell me anything about veganism because like my palate has adjusted so much to it. Yeah. So to create a concept called slutty vegan and make food that does not taste vegan. Cause very clear. I don't like food that tastes vegan. Mm-hmm. I want food to taste like food <laughs> that so happens to be vegan. And that is how the concept was born. And ever since that, the rest has been history. So you come up with the name, you're disrupting the market. It's provocative. And you say you like bring them in with the name and then you educate. Because if you were just like veganism, click on this website. It's like, no, but slutty vegan is like, like, what is that? And then you educate. Yeah, it, it's it's like, a, to be honest, I sold sex without selling it. Yeah, you did. How do you sell something without selling it? Like I made people think that this was a very provocative, racy concept. And then once you peel back the layers, you realize that it doesn't have anything to do with sex. Yes, it's racy. The names are racy. But when you really learn about the brand and our mission behind the brand and what we represent and stand for and the ecosystem and the philanthropy behind it, you're like, oh, damn, this is a cool ass brand. It's a movement. It's a movement. It's a movement. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I love the shock factor of of seeing like, old people, young people, Christians, Muslims, white people, black people, just like so shocked, like, oh my gosh. like, And they feel so uncomfortable at first and then they let their guard down. And when you can let somebody's guard down 
right? And you can meet people where they are. They'll listen to whatever you're telling them. So then I get to educate by way of the experience. We all love a good experience, right? So when you come in a slutty vegan, we calling you a slut. We say, hey, slut, like happy birthday, slut. And, and people are just so like smitten by the fact that they're being disrespected in the most beautiful way. But then they realize that it's our term of endearment. Yeah. And then they also realize like, damn, I just ate a vegan burger and it actually was really good. And then they go out and tell their friends and family, like, you got to go to this place. It's amazing. Yeah, and they then, do. You don't even yeah. pay for advertising because everybody else does it themselves. It's so like genuine and authentic that people love the experience that they want to share it and be mm -hmm. a part of it. Um, I want to talk about how you built the, like the hype for it with like scarcity. It was only available at certain times, but that was when you had the food truck. This thing started in a shared kitchen. Mm -hmm. So when I was on hiatus working on a TV show, I started doing DoorDash. So obviously, you know, like working in TV, like it's not always consistent. So you got to supplement your income. So I'm like, I couldn't do Uber because they wouldn't accept my license for some reason. I'm like, okay, forget y'all. But I started- You weren't with supposed to do Uber. I wasn't supposed to do Uber. Yes. Um, so I started with DoorDash. And the first thing that I saw was that there was this facility and they had like 10 restaurants at this one place and everybody would go and pick up the food. And I'm like, well, this is kind of cool. I've never seen this before. Mm -hmm. So I would do my deliveries and I would go to Beverly Hills and like the Hidden Hills. And like, I'm like, I'm seeing all of these wealthy people. So I'm getting inspired. Right. So like I'm seeing all these big houses and I'm like, oh yeah, I'm gonna get it one day. And then um, when they asked me to move to Atlanta temporarily for the show, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to recreate the concept that I found during DoorDash. And I did that with a share kitchen in Atlanta and they weren't even familiar with it. They're like, um, we've never heard of this before. And I'm like, trust me, LA is hip. Like, give me a chance <laughs> to do this. And I did it. And although they didn't understand it, they actually told me that I had to leave the space because I was having too many people. And that is what propelled me to go get a food truck, which is why everything happens for a reason. So yes. I literally owe them thanks for kicking you out, <laughs> for kicking me out because I probably would have never gotten a food truck. I don't know the first thing about a food truck. I didn't know how to cook on one. I didn't know how to drive one. And because of that, because of that rejection, it forced me to go into overdrive and get me a food truck. And literally everything went up from there. And you couldn't even afford the food truck, right? Where you're like, can I do like payments? That's the thing, like asking the ask, like I don't have 40 grand for a food truck, but I can do this. Like you will find a way. And I think some people, that's why you're successful. Some people will be like, well, I can't do it. You find a way. And yeah. when you say you got a food truck, you weren't just like, in the food truck. You were driving the food truck. <laughs> you were, you were the business. <laughs> I, listen, I was starting the food truck. I was guessing the food truck. I was stocking the food truck. Like little old me, I'm only five, three. And at the time I was like a couple pounds lighter, right? Before kids. And I was literally just little old me, just like on this truck, just maneuvering and moving around because I'm like, listen, I'm not going to wait for nobody to give me nothing. Right. I'm going to go out and get the things that I want. And I did that. And I'm so happy that I did because I've touched every level of my business. Yeah. And although I'm not physically in the business every day now, I know what it feels like to have 500 people outside hungry, wanting a burger, standing in line in the rain. Yes. Right. And, and me being behind the counter, making burgers, passing burgers, smiling and like taking pictures <laughs> all at the same time. Like that hustle, like you never forget that hustle. So like when I think about my brand and the growth and the scale and the elevation of my brain, Aaron, like mm -hmm. I didn't start this to make money, right? right. This one, the concept like, oh, I'm gonna just make a couple dollars. I'll make $500 a day. This one, that. this was really something to create an experience for people that they could fall in love with and come back and tell their friends. Like, I care about what people think about my brand. Like, you know how people are like, well, I don't care about what, yes, I do. You know why? Right, right. Because the customer is important. Right. The consumer is the most important person that you'll ever have in your business, because guess what? When they stop coming, the bills start growing and you cannot pay your bills. So yeah. I care about how they feel. So that experience will drive more revenue to the business. But you've got to make sure that the experience is good. More squats and margaritas in a moment. Now this. Guys, I have found the magic. And who would I be to not share that magic with you? My loyal squats and margaritas listeners. If you are looking for a little extra something, maybe you're going out with the girls tonight. Maybe you have a date with your husband. Maybe you have a big work event. Maybe you just want to look bomb while you're out on your daily walk. You need Rejuvalift. Rejuvalift is a tightening clay that you just tap wherever you need it. Forehead, those little 11s between your eyebrows. I use it on the bags under my eyes, my crow's feet. You tap it wherever you need it. You let it sit in four minutes. And the results last 
for up to seven hours. Make Rejuvalift the first step in your beauty routine. Even before you put on makeup, I have tried it. I am obsessed. It is magic. And now Squats and Margaritas listeners can get 20% off at rejuvaliftbeauty.com using code margaritas. That's R-E-J-U-V-A-L-I-F-T beauty.com and use promo code margaritas. 20% off, free shipping. You're welcome. Now back to Squats and Margaritas. The whole like scarcity when something isn't available all the time, you want it more. You have these lines because... Well, because it was just you and maybe a couple other people, you were like, I, I'll be open from three to six. <laughs> like That's all you could do. But it made it that much more enticing that, oh, it's only available three to six. So like that was a line. Yeah. And even now it's been five years. I yeah. just made an announcement that I'm going into the airport. I saw it. So that Not level the airport, of demand, the biggest airport in the world, in the world, busiest the, airport the in the world, busiest airport in the world. Yes, and it shows me that the demand still has not died five <laughs> years later. And I'm like. God, I don't know what I did to deserve this, but thank you. And every day, I want to be clear, every day is not like rainbows and lilies, right? Like there, there's, no, it's not, <laughs> but it's not. But but those things help me become a better entrepreneur, right? Yes. Like this ebbs and flows in the business. Girl, I done got sued. Like I, you know, I've been, I've been through the motions, but like I keep rising above every single time. Like, yes. but that just shows you when you are good to the people and when you are good in the world and how you show up in the world, karma will always come back for you and karma has been really really good for me Um, and and I'm just so blessed about how the business has grown over the years you've scaled this business and as another entrepreneur who really hasn't been able to do that it's getting more to take on at this point but I am so like it's my baby I if I hire someone to help me I will micromanage the shit out of that person it's very hard for me to delegate because I'm like I can just do it how did you get to the point? You probably just got to the point where you had to hire, but like, this is your thing. How do you delegate or like trust that the people that you're going to bring on are going to get the vision? I struggled with that for a long time. Okay. I think this year I finally let my foot off the gas. Four, four years, five years in? Shit. <laughs> five years in. I'm a, Aaron, you don't know, I'm a control freak. Same. I, I believe that, and, and this is selfish of me, but I'll be totally transparent because I can only tell the truth, right? I believe like it, it's mine. Nobody can do it better than me. That was my philosophy for a very long time, right? Yep. But I also realized that like burnout is real. And yeah, you can be the best of the best, but like if you're burnt out, you can't get a job done anyway. So it falls apart, right? So I needed to find people around me that that I could build a team behind, right? That will be my soldiers. So now I'm the voice of reason. I'm like the Mr. Big Voice, right? Like the voice of God when you hear yeah. over the mic. I'm that because I used to be so controlling that it would compromise the business because I'm hands on and everything. I'm like, you're not doing that right. And yes. I was just like the Grinch, yeah. right? But <laughs> Just by nature, I was the Grinch because I wanted what I wanted a certain way, but I realized that wasn't effective in growing the business. Mm -hmm. So now I'm no longer the bad guy. I'm the person that people come to for a sense of peace. So I'm the voice of peace for the people. So like when they see me, they feel motivated. They feel empowered to grow the business. And then I've hired people that are just smarter than me, right? They can like do the things that I can't do. Like I hate P&Ls, right? But I know I had to learn them. So now I brought in people who have the expertise, who know P&Ls and who know the financials and who can teach me a thing or two. So this is that education again that I was talking about. But I really just released control finally. And and that is a hard thing to do because (laughs) trust is not easy in business right like people will steal from you they will lie on you like it's happened to me in the business and and that's a part of the ebb and flows but i had to learn to trust the process not trust the people but trust the process okay and and if they show me otherwise then i start to make changes yes and if someone is looking to scale or like bring on a team there's really just three big roles talk about your triple a battery you know it's funny because i actually added on some 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 new you did Damn it. <laughs> so, so, so the first thing, an accountant is very important. Yeah. 
right? And accountant is important because, and, and I'm speaking for myself, I can remember my wages getting garnished after I closed my first restaurant. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, nobody told me that I had to like officially close this out. Like I didn't know. It wasn't right? open. You weren't in it, business. It wasn't open, but like they'll still charge you. Oh. And, and you'll be getting charged interest. Like nobody talks about that. Mm-hmm. Um, so having okay. an accountant will make sure that your bookkeeping is good, right? Make, making sure that you have everything that you need. And then the second person is an attorney, Right. I spend so much money in legal fees, but it's the best money I ever spent. You know why? Because they help me with my trademarks. They help to protect my business. They make sure that I have everything that that I need. Um, and if anything goes down, they are on the front line with me. So I don't have to stand by myself. And the best feeling in the world is to know that you have people alongside of you that care about what's happening in your business and are willing to go to bat for you. The third person is the assistant. Okay. Like, I don't know my schedule anymore. I have to call my assistant to get it. Okay. Because she helps to keep my, my, my world aligned. I have so much going on in my life. I don't want to think about the fact that I got an interview at nine o'clock with Aaron. I just tell me, yeah. like, tell me what it is so that I could log in and do what I need to do and look pretty for you so that I can be clear and yeah. have a really healthy discussion with you. But an assistant will make sure that like your schedule is buttoned up, that you have the food that you need to eat, that your flights and your schedules and everything is so good. And I'm telling you, my assistant, her and all the other ones that I've ever had have been my saving grace to allow me to do all of these things, especially as a seven month pregnant mama to be able to do all the things that I want to do. And, and there's now, two more. There's two more. Okay. <laughs> the, the, the first one is a person that is tech savvy. So I'm talking about like somebody that knows digital marketing, TikTok, right? Okay. Just like, yeah. you know, okay. So like TikTok is a little bit difficult for me, right? But like making sure that I have somebody that can help me navigate through like new channels and like the new bots and like the things that are happening that are okay. ever changing in social media, because that is what drives my business. Yes. So that okay. is an important piece and element to make sure that the marketing is continuing to be on point for the business. And then the last one, is a really good designer, mm. a graphic designer. Okay. And I think that a lot of people overlook this and, and I'm talking about branding. So like when you're branding a product, when you're branding your business, people eat with their eyes and I'm not just talking about food, right? So when, when, when people look at your product, if it's aesthetically pleasing, they take it more seriously. It's just the psychology of the mind. Yeah. If it's thrown together and it's just like, and it look a little janky, then they won't take it as seriously. But if you have somebody that is clean, like has a clean eye that can package your stuff up really, really good aesthetically, then you'd be surprised how much more business that you get. Uh, so those are my five. Love it. And that's like your entrepreneur starter pack, mm-hmm. right? Having those things are so necessary to growing and scaling a successful and sustainable business, especially in this day and age. Do you have to spend money to make money? Because I know for a long time, you just, it was your money. You didn't even get like investors. Now that I have a, a business that's finally profitable after so many years that it wasn't, I feel like I have to save it. And so when I ha- think five people to hire. I'm like, Oh God, like I'm money is like going like this. I feel like I have to save it. That, that mentality, that, that's a lack mentality. Like when it's you a feel broke like, ass mentality. Yeah. yeah. And, and don't have that mentality. You got to release that, like release the chains of that mentality. And I'll tell you okay. why, because what you can do is if you find people that are really good for your brand and you think they can help elevate it, it's not always about money, right? Like you can tell them, Hey, I can't afford to pay. Well, you don't say it for, I, 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 I can't I pay you now, right? <laughs> However, I can give you a percentage of the business equity. or I can, right? Like I can give mm. you equity in the company. Like we can barter, like help me help you, right? Okay. And 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 this will be a resume builder. You can get an internship. There are so many people that just want to be a part of something great that they'll be willing to work for free. And obviously do your contracts because contracts are very important. Yeah. And you can write them in and give them phantom equity. They do good at best. Right. And, and, and once that equity vests, then they're a part of the team just as much as you are. And they have a vested interest. And what I realized about people is when they have a vested interest in your business, yeah. it will work harder. It will go the extra mile. And you don't have to worry about like just holding on to that money so tight. Use that money for the things that count. 
use that money for marketing and advertising. If you want to use it for something, right? So like how you got your podcast, like take that money and get marketing ads, marketing spend on Facebook and Instagram. And obviously that is like the, the traditional way to do it, but like you can get more exposure on the brand, more eyes. And when you bring more eyes in, then that's more advertising dollars. When you get more advertising dollars, that's more money in the bank. When you get more money in the bank, then eventually you can start to pay the people when you need them to, when you, when you need to. So it's just like, it's the little things. When I started Slutty Vegan, like I wasn't dumping money into marketing. Like Mm -hmm. I was just organically doing it on social. And like the people that came around, I'm like, hey, listen, I can pay you this right now, but I'll give you phantom equity in a company. And majority of those people that started with me are still with me today. Because they're invested in it. They're, They're getting something out of it. You just made me think, I'm only, well, I'm other places, but I show up on Instagram because that's where my people are. Mm-hmm. How important is it to be in all the places, even if you don't have like a following there? Like I can't grow on TikTok, so I just don't go over there. That's you probably- should, <laughs> and, and I'm talking to myself too, right? Because I'm not on TikTok enough. My business is on TikTok, which is why I said I added two more people because now I'm like, if you want to stand alongside the best of them, you got to move like the best of them. We live in a world where people aren't paying attention unless it's on social. Nobody's watching TV like they mm-hmm. used to, right? So like, you got to be able to like be visibly seen, especially if you have a business that you want to attract people. Like you have to be in places where the people are. Um, figure out who your audience is. Like if your audience is is the 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 mother who is millennial to middle age who has kids and is an entrepreneur tiktok might not be the space for you mm-hmm, but sure. but they they have a mom talk right and 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 you can really target those people who are on mom talk and like take little clips like this and cut them real clean and like get some yeah. graphics under it and then put it on tiktok right yeah. and then like just find your niche market and then you'll realize and i'm talking to myself too because i had to understand like i i did a brand equity study about slutty vegan and what they told me is that gen zers don't know about my business so what? They don't. I'm like, you don't? (laughs) Slutty Vegan is a millennial business. I'm like, it is? Millennial to like, oh, yeah, right? So I'm like, okay, so that I'm looking at that as an opportunity. This Mm -hmm. is an opportunity to get Gen Zers. So now I told my team, I'm like, y'all, we need to get on TikTok. We need to talk to the people. But but it's an opportunity to expose the brand to new people. So like just figuring out ways to help identify who your core audience is and who's listening and then go to the places where they are. And there's so many services that can do that. Or like collabs. You're making me think like exposure to new people. Like, I mean, you have the biggest one. Shake Shack, uh, Steve Madden. It's bringing your brand to a whole different audience. I had an idea for you. Do you have a nonprofit? I do. Blue Butterfly Foundation for teen girls struggling with body image and self-worth. I love that. And 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 I really think that, and, and I don't know if you are doing it already, but like really upplay that. Right. And, and and really do more of that philanthropic work, because what I realized is people love when organizations do good for the community. Like you make that the emphasis. Right. And attach it to what you're doing with the podcast and all that stuff. And like just really like ramp up that and make that the core of the existence of your brand, right? Because then people will continue to support you and they'll, they're not supporting you just because you got a really dope podcast. They're supporting you because you are making the world a better place. And I know that sounds cliche. Because you are making the world a better place, they want to support every single thing that you're doing. If you're on the right track. Just continue to do that and like really, really elevate and ramp that up and and partner with organizations like clothing companies where like you can do a body positivity campaign. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Like, and and then, and you, you partner with those bigger organizations and that's how you get to those, those partnerships where you can really highlight and talk about like bulimia, right? Yeah nobody's really talking about that. It exists. It's like a, a underground world. And I, I've never been bulimic, but like I've read about it before, but it's like a, a taboo world. It's just like, yeah. no, talk about shame, it. Like, all the shame. It's, shame, it's yeah. so much shame around it, but mm-hmm. being the advocate for it and attaching and aligning yourself with a, a bigger brand will expose it. Have people talking about it. You you are, are the, the, the spokesperson for it because you have been there in real time. So you're not just talking what you haven't been through. You've been there in real time. And yeah. as a result of that, it'll drive traffic to your podcast to make people want to hear more about your story. I was thinking like collabs for squats and margs and you're like, no, it's blue butterfly. Like that's where I need, I partnered with Georgia center for nonprofits. And I had like two calls with this guy and he's like, 
and I knew it. He's like, you're kind of all over the place. I'm like, I know, I know what I want it to be, but I don't know how to execute it. And I need to like put someone in place to like, I, I always want to be a part of it and like know the vision, make sure it's going where I want it, but I don't know how to run a nonprofit. You know, just Googling YouTube is my best that's friend. True. You're like, you don't remember to. nonprofits. You don't have to pay somebody. You can get somebody that's really that, that, that speaks your language and has the same ethos as you do. Maybe find somebody else who has the same, a similar experience and say, Hey, I need an executive director. I need somebody to support me in growing this brand. And then you can eventually start getting grants and funding to be able to like pay for the things that you need, operational costs, programming and all that stuff for yeah. the organization. And Putting that's events, another way. Yeah. Yeah. And you can write that off. And then I'm telling you, it will put this right here, what we're doing now more in the forefront, because now people are familiar with the good that you're doing in the world. Thank you. Yes. Um, Last few minutes that I have you squats and margaritas is about balancing all the things as a mompreneur. Do you deal with the mom guilt every day? Okay. I thought I knew the answer to this because you're like, just run your business like a household, which I love. And I want you to get into, but okay. Every day. I feel like if I'm not with them and I can't shut this off, I'm a shit mother because I can't stop thinking about my brand. Admittedly, I'm with them, but I'm not present. You know, it's interesting because you got two kids, right? Uh-huh. So I'm working on my third. Uh-huh. <laughs> and every time I get pregnant, I get like pregnancy brain. Like I'm not motivated <laughs> like I usually am. Oh, Every single time. I'm like, what is wrong with me? Like the, the baby just sucked all the juice out of me, right? <laughs> um, so the mom guilt is real. For the first time, I have been around my kids more than I've ever been. And I'm being totally transparent because right. you know, I travel a lot, I'm working, I'm going from yeah. restaurant to restaurant. So I've always had the village. I got nannies, I got people helping me and all that stuff. But you know, you miss that connection with your children early on, mm-hmm. right? And now I finally got it. And like, it feels so good to take my daughter, my, my daughter and my son go to Montessori school. So like, I'm taking them to school. Like it's the yes. like super mile. Only thing I'm missing is a caravan. Um, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And now, yes, I run my household like a business, but I run my business and I still have guilt in the business. Yeah, true. You know what I'm saying? Like, so yeah. there's, there's nothing different. I still have guilt. I wake up some days or some days it's hard for me to go to sleep because I got business on the brain when, and now I, I have to really find that balance sometimes because now it's just all about my kids. And I'm like, okay, business, like get back yes. to us. Right. That's so and, hard. <laughs> you know, it's, it's now I'm like, I've never felt this before. It was always business, business, business comes first and then everything else. Now my kids are my priority, but I've never felt that way before. And I'm actually embracing that. Mm-hmm. Um, because that. that mom guilt is so rare. I used to cry in the shower. I know. Yeah. Cause they're cause, little. Our kids are little. These are, they're not like in middle school. Like they, they're little, it's hard. They're, they're little kids. And like, <laughs> just like you said, in the very beginning of this conversation, like, it's not just about what you say to them. It's yeah. about what you see. Yeah. You know, I'm so glad you said that. Do you know, yeah. I'm sure you have Melissa and Doug toys in your house. Um, that toy brand. Um, mm-hmm. I talked to Melissa and she has six kids and she built the toy brand. I was like, how in the hell did you balance it all? I started talking. I'm like, I have a little boy out here with curly hair. And I'm like, no, 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 hold on. You're most important. She's like, no. And I was like, she reframed this whole thing. She's like, you show them that what mommy does is also important. And she's like, you said you had a daughter. Don't you want your daughter to have something that she's just as passionate about? She goes, you have to show her. And every time you're working and you're like, oh, no, no, you're most important. You're stopping. She's like, what is that showing them? And then she mm-hmm. gave me one other tip. She's like, you're missing the transition time. Mm-hmm. She goes, you are interviewing someone. You're on a live interview or something. And you walk out the door and your mom, she goes, there has to be, she goes, go for a walk, walk to the mailbox. She's like, mm-hmm. if you're not physically like commuting home, you have to have that transition where it's like career Aaron to mom, Aaron. And if you don't have it, you're just kind of snappy. And because you're not getting that. So she, she gave me that. She was like, first of all, don't dumb down what you're doing and do a transit. There has to be something where you're not just closing the computer. And it's like, what are we having for dinner? Cause that's what I was doing. She's like, that's killing you. You, where's your transition? Mm-hmm. I was like, Oh, Oh, it used to kill me too. I'm like, cause you know, obviously my, my husband is great and he, he does well, but you know, the moms always do all the work anyway. Right. So, like, so I'm like, I would be driving myself crazy. And I'm like, no, like, let me step back. Um, but I'm in a really good place right now with my kids. Now ask me that after December when I have this baby. Because um, <laughs> I don't know if that might change, but just pray for me because three under three is real. Would you like to do a gender reveal on squats and margaritas? I already did it. I'm having a boy. Why would you do it? Oh, uh, at my wedding. 
I saw that you were, you revealed that you were pregnant at your wedding. I missed it. It was a boy. I said, our son, his name was going to be David. Damn it. I missed that. Oh my gosh. How you hid that too. Yeah. Now I'm big as a house right now. No, you're not. (laughs) Okay. I'm running out of time. Uh, one thing I would ask you one thing you're seeing other entrepreneurs do. And you're like, that is not it. Like, stop doing that. Like people think they should do this. It's not that. More squats and margaritas in a moment. Now this. Now back to squats and margaritas. The one thing that I see entrepreneurs do is argue with their customers. Ooh. The customer is always right, even when they're wrong. That is my philosophy. Even if a customer is being a B-I-T-C-H. Yeah. They are always right. Okay. Because at the end of the day, who cares if I lose a burger and some yeah. fries and a drink? So $30, well, I will not lose my sanity over $30. I'll give you a refund. And at the end of the day, if you didn't like your meal, you will love the level of white glove service that I provided for you. So I want entrepreneurs to know that you got to treat your customers right, even when they are wrong. And that's one thing that I really, really respect about like uh, Amazon. If you don't like it, take it back. Yeah. Satisfaction guaranteed. Yeah. That's the name of the game. And that's the secret. Um, yeah. I was going to ask what's coming up next. I know there's a slutified documentary. There's a documentary. When there's is that? Book. Um, coming soon. I, okay. you know, I got announcement. You know how I do on my announcements. I like drop them like a bomb. I know, um, but like in the bomb, while we recorded this yesterday, the bomb that you're going to be in the Atlanta airport, the busiest airport in the world. Um, can we talk about American Sesh and what's happening with that? Or if people don't know what it is, to tell you what it is. So American Sesh is a platform that I created back in December where I bring celebrities, non-celebrities, people who have $50 in their pocket, people are trying to figure life out. And I put everybody in a room, um, no phone, just pen and pad, no ego, and everybody comes together and build. And you are actually a part of the set. (laughs) Um, Did you enjoy your experience? Absolutely. And I just, I was speaking in Denver and I I just shared this story. They're talking about imposter syndrome. I feel like I have to tell you when I walked into the green room, well, first of all, I got the couch. So you get a couch. If anybody's not familiar, she sends you a DM with a couch. And I was like, no, because honestly, I was like, I don't look the part like rappers and like People that are very well known, I knew we're doing it. And I was like, okay, it wasn't imposter syndrome that I shouldn't be there. And I know that I'm a creative and I should be in the room, but I walk in and I was like, everybody looks the part. It's like me and four other people in the green room. And we're like chatting it up. And I'm like, assuming we're all doing the sesh. So we're talking, I'm sure they're like, are you lost? Like, oh, like, what are you doing? (laughs) This 41 year old white mom of two. But I'm like, I didn't look the part. We're talking pinky. They come in and they're like, hey, uh, we're miking talent. We need Aaron. And they're like, are you on it? Are you on the sesh? And I was like, yeah. Yeah. And they're like, we're spectators. We flew in to be in the room. And I was like, (laughs) it was such a like, and they're like, damn. And I always go back to that moment. It's like, whenever you're having like a little imposter syndrome, go back to your wins. Like you saw something in me, a program director in DC at the biggest radio station, saw me on Instagram live, gave me this show. So I go back to those two people that you're one of them that saw something in me. And it's like, when you're feeling like, maybe you don't look the part or you're not like, this is bigger than you. They yeah. all were like, you're on it. Like, and I just assumed they were on it. Cause they and you deserve to be there. I, thank, you. Well, I, thank you. Oh, I can't wait to see what happens with that. I'm, I'm sure you can't really talk about it. Thank mm-hmm. you for seeing something in me and like the relationship that I have with you now. Like, like you said, it's all about relationships. And this is how this happened. This is why relationships are so very, very important. And now Pinky's on squats and margaritas. Anything else you want to promote this coming up. No, you just want to drop it on Instagram. I know how you do it. <laughs> um, but but I do want to tell the mompreneurs who are listening to this uh-huh. that it is possible. Take impossible out of your vocabulary because it doesn't exist anymore. We don't use that word, but possibility is real and you just got to do it, right? Like, and just surround yourself by people that are also doing it and encouraging you to do it. Energy is so important. Food is energy. That spiritual energy is real. That emotional and mental energy is real. And as long as you are connected to power outlets, people that are to add value and power to you, you can be the best version of yourself. Thank you so much for listening to the Squats and Margaritas podcast. If you haven't subscribed, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode. And I'll see you next week for a brand new episode of Squats and Margaritas.